Pitts wide receivers obviously need to step up, but how can they fix it? And who really needs to step up? We got some status updates on Keaton Slogos. We'll talk about how that can change the game in Western Michigan. What are they this year? No more Caleb Ellaby, no Sky Moore, but how much of a threat are they to pit? It's all coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pit. You are Locked on Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. We are here talking, and game day, it's almost here. It's not far away. It's only about, eh, granted, it'll take 36 hours away from now. And listen, there's a lot of theatrics throughout the week, and that has been a huge theme for Pip. has been the theatrics of the year whether it's the games themselves or this week leading up to it, wondering who's going to play at quarterback. It's been a lot of theatrics and a lot of worrying going on around the Pittsburgh football program and fan base. And I think rightfully so, because listen, this is a game Pitt really wants to win. And you can tell that they really, really, really want to win this game because this is a team that beat them last year. This is a team they heard about all year. Well, you lost to Western Michigan. They don't want to hear that anymore. They want to get back at Western Michigan. And that is something that does hurt the pride of a team that's really proud of what they did last season. There's no doubt about that. They are a proud team. And when you look at this game, it's a big get the kind of just spook the demons out. Get rid of those because it is such an emotional game for Pitt in that regard, right? And so... Here's the thing. When you look now at this offense, we've talked about the offensive line and how they struggled and how they underachieved, and I think they can get better. I don't think that this is a put-in-stone thing. But we talked also about Keaton Slovis, Nick Patty, whatever. You can put some of the issues on the offensive line, on the offensive coordinator, on the quarterbacks. But the one position group I didn't mention was the wide receivers, and I should have. And the wide receivers really need to step up. This was an area where, yes, you were concerned to a degree because obviously you are not going to have Jordan Addison. And that matters. Jordan Addison is so good. And Jordan Addison is an elite football player. So you're not going to replace him. But you need requisite level play to at least somewhat supplement a good receiving core. Now, Jared Wayne has been marvelous. And phenomenal. I have no gripes with Jared Wayne. He has been the best receiver on this team, and he has been absolutely great. Gavin Bartholomew as well. Although he is a tight end, I do want to throw him in here because he has been really good. And you know what he did with that hurdle against Tennessee. Here's the thing. When you look at these receivers, Kanade Mumfield has been a guy I have sung his praises for. For so long. I think he's a really good player. I Look at how much he separates. Look at how open he is all game. He's a guy that is open. And he's a guy that separates. And there's a lot of value in receivers that could separate. However, he can't be having key drops. And he's had a few key drops. And that key drop on the first drive where they should have had a touchdown. Field catches that. He walks into the end zone and pits up 7-0 already. 
he's got to catch the ball. Uh, he's got to find more consistency with his hands. He's a body catcher right now. And that's the one thing that is tough because body catchers kind of use it as a crutch and they've done it for a long time. So it can be hard to fully transition to hands catching. I don't want to say like an item doesn't hands catch a lot. He does, but there's that inconsistency in catch technique that is very, very annoying. Um, and, and it can get in the way and cause some of those drops, those concentration drops. And that's what happens sometimes. Bub means is another one, man, a guy that clearly has potential. You can see man where Bub means is like, you can see the player he could become. 6'4", athletic, and more importantly, this is a guy that is a mismatch. He, he's not going to separate a ton, but he has speed to win over the middle of the field. He has that acceleration to turn something into nothing, uh, nothing into something, rather. Um, and he is a guy that clearly has that potential, but also... He has to beat press man, first of all. He struggled with that. And two, the man has to catch the football. Straight up. He has to catch the football. He has to hold on to the football. These turnovers from Bub Means are kind of hurting this pit offense a lot. And I don't want to rag on Bub Means because I think he is talented. But let's be real here. He has significantly underperformed expectations this far. And so he has been hurting Pitt. Probably should have had that touchdown against Tennessee. Fumbled against... West Virginia, just when no one touched him. I mean, these mistakes hurt Pitt to the largest degree. It is 100% an extremely big problem. He's got to get more consistent. And then the guys behind him. It, so so what questions do you have about, say, Jalen Bard and Jaden Bradley? Well, I have questions about Jaden Bradley's ability to separate right now. I think this guy's ceiling is great. He doesn't separate much. Um, now, he did eat into Bub Means' snaps at the end of last game, and he started to play more and more. Um, but he just doesn't get enough separation yet. Um, and I think that comes with time. You know, he's got to learn how to attack leverage a little bit more, how to get that sink, how to not round off his routes. I think he's a great contested catch player, so I would like to see them utilize that skill set a little bit more. But I do, and I said this with Jane Bradley, talented player. I still think he's a year away from fully contributing on offense and being that guy that I can go to consistently. Jalen Barden is an interesting player because he is that, that fast guy that can win all three levels. We have seen great flashes from him before. I don't think he's ever going to be, say, an elite player at this level. But can he be a really solid one? Yes. And that's the thing. I think Jalen Bard should get a little bit more time. Now, we have seen in the past where he has had drop issues, where he's had concentration issues and all of these things. But this receiver room right now is still in flux and is still kind of deciding what they need and, and figuring things out. It's an offense right now that is in kind of flux and in and, and transition and don't fully have what they need just yet. And so to me, when I look at this game and I look at the receiving core, I think this is a game where you have to experiment a little bit, experiment with some rotation, see what Jalen Barton can do, see what you can get from Jaden Bradley in different circumstances. See if you can get some consistency from Bub Means. You have to see, 
these receivers get better. They have to catch with better technique. They have to be more consistent. They have to stop making costly mistakes game after game because it hurts Pitt. And these receivers have been a big issue for the Panthers so far, and there's no denying that. And I think that has been the biggest issue outside the offensive line thus far on this team, and they really, really do. They just have to go back to the basics. Here's how you like catch the football with consistency. Run the right routes. That's been another thing. They've had a lot of miscommunication. Just be on the right page. Just do the basic things, and then I think the things will come because this is a talented group. Again, it's not like Bub Means – is a guy that has absolutely no talent. In fact, he has a ton of talent. Everyone in this receiving core has that potential to be an extremely good football player. And so you just got to kind of coax it out of them. You just got to see what they can become. And I think that's the biggest thing with these guys right now is find that consistency, go back to the basics, build it from the ground up, and then you can be talking about a pretty good wide receiving core they just have to help out their quarterback and stop with the little mistakes that continuously pile up and really hurt Pitt by the end of the game that has been the most frustrating thing to watch on this team thus far but I want to talk about Slovis it sounds like Pitt might have Keaton Slovis but will they we'll talk about that and how it could change if they do but first folks I want to let you know about bet online because bet online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Listen, folks, when you talk about bet online, you can head over right now, put down some money on Pitt, Western Michigan. That line is continuously fluctuating. So it was eight and a half before, it was 10 and a half, it was 11 and a half. It has gone up and down all week here on bet online. But if you want to throw some money down on Pitt, Western Michigan, whatever. Make sure to head over to Bet Online because Bet Online is your continued source for your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's transition. Keaton Slovis. Pat Narduzzi said today that, yes, Keaton Slovis will be a part of the cachet of quarterbacks that you would expect to be in there. Nick Patty, probably not going to play in this one. From what I've heard, again, he is injured with that high ankle sprain. Those are really tough injuries to play through. Kenny Pickett had a high ankle sprain in 2020, missed a few games with that as well. This game has to be won by Pitt. We talked about the Tennessee game and that not really mattering in the grand scheme of things in terms of their big goals, a.k.a. winning the ACC, making a New Year's Six Bowl, doing all of that. That is not hurt by the Tennessee loss. What would be hurt is your national standing, and all that by a Western Michigan loss again. You cannot lose to Western Michigan again. This is 100% a must-win game for Pitt, and so – it would be a tough, 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 tough game if they don't have Keaton Slovis. Because this Western Michigan team, it's gritty. It is a front seven that competed with Michigan State. They gave them all they had. Now Michigan State broke through and Jalen Berger was able to do a lot of different things and all of that. But here's the thing. Pitt, if they just stick to the run game, could they do it? Probably to a good degree, 
Um, but I don't want them to just focus in on the run game because they need to be more dynamic than just a run game, right? Because the pit run game, I don't think, is ever going to be quite consistent enough to where you can lean on it as a linchpin. I don't think they quite have a good enough offensive line for that, and I don't think they're quite ready to reach that. I think that they're skill position players, as we've said before. Look, Gavin Bartholomew, Jared Wayne, Izzy Abanikanda, and Ronnie Hammond out of the backfield, Vincent Davis out of the backfield. Look at all the players they have. Look at all the talent they have at wide receiver. Pass the football, man. Yeah, you got to pass the football. And so I think that this secondary for Western Michigan is still really bad. And so not having whoever it may be, it could be Nick Patty and Keen Slovis out. If you don't have those guys and you have Derek Kyler or Nate Yarnell, that changes things. And listen, Derek Kyler, I'll give you a quick blast on Derek Kyler and Nate Yarnell because I think we just do have to prepare still. Again, what you have heard thus far probably is that Slovis is going to be a game time decision. Um, which is it? You really can't be a game time decision with a concussion. I should say that. I don't think they know yet because he still probably has another step to clear in the concussion protocol before they can completely say he's in or out. The concussion is not something you go out and test. It's not like a, a sprained ankle where you go and say, ah, that hurts when I cut, whatever. A concussion is a concussion, and there are strict protocols. So Keaton Slovis is going to have to clear those protocols in order to play this game, and I don't think he's cleared them all just yet, but that's really not abnormal. Usually you don't clear concussion protocol until at least – the day before game, and that is obviously tomorrow. So let's see what happens there. But Keaton Slovis is trending in the right direction, which is the great news for Pitt. They need Keaton Slovis. They do. But here's Derek Kyler in case you look at him. He is a Dartmouth transfer, a grad transfer at that. This is a guy that was 18-2 and two starting for the Big Green up there in the Ivy League. Not only that, but here Kyler holds the passing efficiency record in the Ivy League with 164.55 passing efficiency. That is the all-time Ivy League record. A 42 touchdown to 6 INT ratio started 20 games over there with Dartmouth. And Dartmouth really did win a lot of games under Derek Kyler. He's an efficient quarterback. That is what he is. Definitely a game manager. But could he take care of the football? I think he could. I think that will be the big thing. Nate Yarnell is more of a kind of who is he? He is a very young quarterback from Lake Travis, which is an absolute football-producing factory, especially for quarterbacks. you got guys like Hudson Card and Nick Foles and Baker Mayfield that have come out of that high school, Lake Travis. And he is another one of those quarterbacks that is coming out of that school. Big arm, not super mobile, coming off a Liz Frank injury, which obviously is a very serious injury. So he is a little bit inexperienced. He is a complete wild card. I'll say this. Based on his film in high school, good arm, good deep ball, very Carson Strong-esque from Nevada last year, if you remember him. Uh, very similar in that way. I'm not certain he's quite as good as Carson Strong is, of course. Um but very similar in terms of that skill set. I'm not going to do a lot out of structure for you. So if they have to start, it's going to be interesting to see who would be the starter. I would lean on Kyler, the veteran, um, the guy who can be that efficient guy, I think, even on the step up. I still think he is accurate. He showcased that consistently at Dartmouth. 
I think he could give you what you need. I don't know if Pitt would be dynamic, but I do think he could give you that. Now, Keaton Slovis is obviously the key here. Pitt has Keaton Slovis. I think they will be able to exploit this Western Michigan secondary, and this Western Michigan secondary has been rough, man. They fought against Michigan State, and so you have to give him credit for that. He really did fight hard against Michigan State. But even last week, Western Michigan got pretty much pummeled through the air. And that's been the thing that has always been Western Michigan's Achilles heel, if you will. And Western Michigan, man, last week against Ball State, gave up plenty of yards through the air. And so that really is, to me, the biggest question here. What does Pitt do through the air? How do they win? And so I would expect them to attack down the field. I would expect them to certainly get man coverage against uh, by, by Western Michigan. They play a lot of man coverage. I would expect them to come at them. Now, listen, the passing yards allowed by Western Michigan this year is not nearly as bad as it was last year. But the passing yard per, per completion is over nine yards. And that is the key. So their secondary is a little bit better than it was last year. But what they aren't better at is allowing explosive plays. They allow a lot of explosive plays. And so you have to look at that. Also, a lot of penalties on this defense as well. Over 70 yards of penalties as a team, over 50 of those averaged on the defense. So something to look at there. Um, I think if you have Keaton Slovis, you have to air this ball out a little bit. Certainly, you have to protect Slovis a little bit better, and certainly you get Israel Abanikanda involved or whoever is the hot hand there running back. But I also think you have to look at the weaknesses of this defense, even if he isn't playing. And Derek Kyler will have to throw the football a decent amount, or Nate Urnell will have to throw the ball a decent amount against the team because that is where some of those cracks have showcased themselves thus far throughout the year. All right. Let's talk about Western Michigan. Let's talk about their offense. Let's talk about their defense a little bit, key players. I want to just give you an overview of those guys. But first, folks, let's go to a quick break. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. We are discussing here Western Michigan. Let's talk about some of these players and who you can look at. Now, their new starting quarterback is Jack Salopek. Yes, from Norwin, if you recognize that name. He is a Pittsburgh local, so he understands what Pitt is. Pitt passed on him, of course. That obviously gives a lot of pent-up energy. Sky Moore had a very similar uh, type of mentality to this game. And so when you actually look at what they have offensively this year, they do have a nice duo of running backs. You look at Ladarius Jefferson and Sean Tyler, and these are two pretty good backs, man. Tyler is more of a shifty type of guy. And then you look at Jefferson, and that guy is absolutely big and powerful and can, can run you over. And, and so they had a little bit of success in the run game last year with those RPOs just killing Pitt over the middle of the field. And Tyler is a faster guy. Jefferson's more of that physical guy. So that is going to be something to look at. Now, Corey Krubes is back. Corey Krubes did have a massive game, over 100 yards against Pitt last year. He is a guy that is tough to bring down, that typical quick slot receiver that can win on slants, that understands levers, that understands spacing. He is 100% the type of guy that Pitt cannot let beat them because they did last year. 
Now, are you going to have the adjustment to those glance routes? They better. Corey Crooms is a fun player because he is so athletic and because he is so tough to bring down. His contact balance is very good. And so he's not quite, say, a Sky Moore, who is just so polished and ready to go at the next level, but he is 100% dangerous enough. And you look at 768 yards last year, and six touchdowns, already up to 15 receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown this year. Crooms is on his way to having another really good season here for Western Michigan. He's a fun player because of what he brings to the table in that regard. He is a dynamic receiver that Pitt has to cover and make sure that they stop. Not quite the same mold as Cedric Tillman or Bryce Ford Wheaton. Um, he is a smaller guy that will beat you through his quickness, more of a Jalen Hyatt type. Um, if you remember how they kind of used him last week, um, that could be something. But the slants, the glance routes, Corey Crooms killed Pitt last week too. But coming off a big game over 100 yards against Ball State, uh, he is a guy that is explosive last year, had eight receptions, 161 yards, and a touchdown against Pitt. So he is an explosive playmaker that can create a lot of havoc for you on defense. So they got to make sure that they keep him in check. Those three guys, Jefferson, Tyler, and Crooms are really going to be the guys to watch. Salopec is a tough dude. Uh, he is a very, very tough guy. I don't think he's quite accurate enough like Caleb Elliott was. So you're not going to have some of these absurd throws, right? That Caleb Ellaby made, to be quite honest, he played the game of his life against Pitt last year and made some of the best throws you will see by a Mac quarterback. And I don't think you're going to quite see that this year. Salo Peck is not that accurate. Now, he can be accurate, and he's tough, and he will stand in there with poise under pressure. So Pitt can get after him, and Salo Peck will take those shots all day. And I think that is very, very, very much a tough quarterback to face off against because you're facing off an underdog-type quarterback. Might not have the strongest arm, but he's accurate. For the most part, uh, he's tough, and he's a guy that can really run, too. So he'll give you some yardage uh, with his legs. Now, he's not a great processor, so if Pitt can start to maybe mix up the pictures a little bit, and they tried to do that last week, run some cover three, uh, fitting it in there, run some traditional cover two. You saw a little bit of difference other than just their quarters. Um, you saw some different things mixed in in there for Pitt. They're going to need to mix it up a little bit uh, this week because that's really when Salopec starts to struggle a little bit. And so I would imagine that's what Pitt is going to look for to try and do. Um, so here's the thing. When you look at this defense now, it's a defense that lost a lot of players, man. Ali Fayed, their big pass rusher last year, is gone, um, which is a big which is a big player to lose. Now, they have a few guys here. Bryson Garner, you certainly recognize, a former Pitt player, of course. Good player um, for Pitt as well. Um, he will be the, the leader in the, in the back end. That is going to be the thing Pitt will have to watch for. Bryson Garner is going to be the general, if you will, the operation standard of this team. And so, really, that's going to be something to watch. And that's where their secondary differs. I think they're a little bit smarter. I think they kind of understand what they're doing coverages. There's not a lot of miscommunications back there anymore. And that's, I think, changed a lot of different things for this team. Now, they also have a lot of new players and, and different things. But 
you look at some of their their guys up front, Zaire Barnes, Ryler, Ryan Sealing, uh, Andre Carter. I mean, they don't have a ton of sacks. They only have one sack on the year, right? We the, That was the big thing as well coming into the Tennessee game. Well, they get a sack against Ball State. And then you saw how much pressure they got against Pitt. Can they kind of subvert that 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 narrative? Can they stop Western Michigan from coming in? Now, Corvin Moment is probably your big player to watch for me because this is a guy that when you watch him, blitz from the second level as a linebacker, really physical, and a guy that just flies like a missile through those gaps. And I think that's going to be dangerous because that's what Tennessee did a lot of, right? So Tennessee beat Pitt not via individual matchups. It's not like, you know, one guy was getting beat one-on-one. It was mainly Pitt getting beat because they were sliding one way and sliding the other, and they were overloaded to one side. That was the bigger issue for these offensive linemen. And so I look actually at Pitt, and I say, that could be an issue. A guy like Corbin Moment is built for games like this. I think it could be an issue for Pitt. And so this is a – this is a defense for Western Michigan that blitzes, that is physical, and that will fight. I, I don't think they're going to be a great defense for Pitt um, because you look at, at what they have, and they're pretty good on third down. They they have held their opponents to 32% converting on third down. Not a bad number at all uh, when you look at it. They allow a lot of penalties. They allow a lot of explosive plays through the air, which is a big thing to look at. And more importantly as well, they don't get a lot of disruption in terms of true traditional sacks and tackles for loss, only averaging two per game in that category. Pitt cannot allow them to wreak havoc. I also see this. The Western Michigan offensive line, they struggled thus far this year. They are allowing a lot of sacks. They have allowed three and a half sacks per game. So that is, is I think, an area where Pitt does need to come up big. Salad Pack can be tough, but if he's getting sacked, who cares? You still – create that havoc, you still allow a potential turnover to occur. So Pitt is going to have to get after Jack Salopec because when are they at their best? You saw it in the second half last week. When Pitt gets after quarterbacks, this defense works on a different level. And so that's going to be a big thing for Pitt. Western Michigan does not have a great offensive line. And so Kansi, Baldonado, Deslan Alexander if he plays, John Morgan, Dayon Hayes, all these guys that fit into that rotation need to have a big game. And so Pitt should win this game 100%. This should be a game they win. This should be a game that they do not lose. But you also have to understand that Pitt can fall into those traps. And certainly if they don't have Keen Slowis, it becomes a much tougher game. Because the big weakness of the, of them is those explosive pass plays on defense. And we don't know what Yarnell or Kyler can do in that area. And that's going to be something to look out for. Folks, all right, we'll be back talking Western Michigan, the preview, the prediction, all of that. We will have that show next. But first, folks, as always, make sure to like, comment, subscribe down below. Make sure to listen on any podcast platform or continue watching here on YouTube. And, folks, as always, thank you for listening. As always, hail.